bitch, please. Oh, bitch, please, my ass. You want a sandwich? Dig that. Oh, hell yeah. She's a bad I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man in a white world. If I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be kicking in your ass. Welcome to another Quick Hits as I try to explain different things that are going on in college athletics today in that crazy whirlwind that is going on. Today, it is NIL. That's right, everybody's new favorite topic, NIL. Why? Because the athletes are now getting somewhat paid? Well, we'll take a deeper look into that here next on Quick Hits. On the JB's Low Tech Podcast, but first, a quick word from my sponsor, Mike Bryant at Bradshaw and Bryant. Our summers are so short in Minnesota, it can be easy to forget about important safety measures. And when extreme heat is involved, safety is even more critical. Here are a few things to remember to keep you and your loved ones, including your pets, safe and comfortable. One, remember to not leave your pets and kids in your vehicle. Two, always stay hydrated in hot weather. Three, avoid exercise during the hottest times of the day. Four, stay in air conditioning as much as possible. Five, when traveling, stay sky aware. Check the forecast and prepare for unsafe driving conditions, thunderstorms, and tornadoes. High temperatures kill hundreds of people every year, but most heat-related deaths and illnesses are preventable. If we all slow down, take some time, check on our loved ones, and enjoy the beautiful season. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant. And welcome back to the latest quick hits on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Again, I want to thank Mike Bryant for his sponsorship. And also, I want, uh, being my title sponsor. And uh, also, want to welcome new sponsor, Lynx Art. It's a company that can make sublimated jerseys for your bowling team, for your basketball team for your uh, baseball and softball team or just if you need a group shirt done for a, a family gathering and whatnot, Lynx Art is the person to check out and that's L-I-N-K-Z A-R-T dot com dot com well, as I stated, I would start this off by talking about um, name, image, and likeness, and here we go. Some people have called it the new Wild Wild West, but before, actually before we get to roll into that, I did finally get some comments, and I wanted to open my mailbag to open the show. This first one is from a college administrator, 
And no, I'm not going to name him because I uh, want to keep his name private. But believe me, he exists. On, on as far as TV contracts, the Big Ten is not going to be receiving as much as people think until 2029-2030. Fox will be holding back money due to miscommunication or Kevin Warren trying to pull a fast one or whatever it was. He gave NBC one of the Big Ten championship games, which was a no-no because Fox had major rights to the Big Ten football championship game and it's going to cost the school about five million dollars each from the deal that was signed with fox nbc and cbs besides that he told me that uh he listened to my first couple of quick hits and he told me that uh things were spot on so glad to know that i still know what the heck i'm talking about maybe and here's another comment from uh jeff in wisconsin he wrote uh, people may not know that volunteer coaches are going away in 18 sports, mostly non-revenue sports, and they will be being replaced by full-time coaches. Now, what people don't understand is in those, uh, I call it minor sports or non-revenue sports, some people call it Olympic sports, you had a position, you're... Uh, you had your head coach, and then you had two assistants, and then you had a third, possibly, who was a volunteer, and they may be, uh, they possibly got paid through your camps or other streams or revenue, but not athletic department, and they received no benefits. I mean, they got to travel with the teams. They got to eat with the teams. They, they're cons they were considered part of the team and part of the coaching staff, but they were not being paid directly by uh, the universe, those universities. Now that is legal. So, like, soft, take softball and baseball. They had their head coach, maybe a pitching coach, and then a, another assistant will now have a head coach and three assistants, which one will probably be a pitching coach. Or, case at the University of Minnesota, the head coach is a pitching coach. So now you have three assistant coaches that can do other things for your program. And people ask, why would schools be setting themselves up for more salary and more benefits pay that they have to do? Well, when the whole thing of O'Banion versus the NCAA came through and they won, it was beyond... Uh, image and likeness, it also gave the athletes, some would say, the upper hand on athletic departments in the sense that they were given a lot of different things so they wouldn't continue to sue. And the things the athletes wanted was better nutrition, better strength and conditioning, and they wanted more coaching. Well, how do you get more coaching? You add more to the staff. So just understand, people, this is all to slow down that train that is eventually going to come through and run us all over, which is pay for play. But right now, they're slowly giving in to athletes on different things, and another assistant coach is that. So, again, I want to thank Jeff in Wisconsin for reminding me of that. I totally forgot about that, and maybe – Somewhere down the line, 
inner workings of athletic departments might be a um, quick hit. Well, let's get to the topic du jour, which is name, image, and likeness, or as you always maybe hear about it, NIL. And let's start off with what is NIL? NIL is opportunities for athletes to use their name, their image, or like in now where you see the NC2A football game is coming back, their likeness, and make money off of it. Every college football player at, at the Power 5 and G5 level and they're, they're might, they might go down to the um, Division One AA. I know it's called something else, but I always call it One AA. Um, every player on every team will receive $500 for their likeness. Now, some people say that's not enough with the amount of money that um, that game will make. But you got to think. That's 130 players, and just at the Power 5, Group 5 level, that's 130 schools, so or somewhere in there. So that's still a lot of money being paid out to those athletes. This, this law or this rule was never attended to, intended to be uh, a recruitment endorsement, and I will get into this a lot deeper as we go along because it is definitely being used and is a recruitment inducement, but it was never meant to be. It was meant for people who either were on your rosters at your universities or people who were coming into your rosters but not being recruited as that was like, telling Jimmy, who was coming to the basketball team, I can give you $80,000 if you come play for us. It was never intended to be that way. Is it happening that way? Yes. And all the issues that come with that, like I said, we'll get into, uh, into it deeper as we go along. Here's the other key point that people need to know. The schools are not paying for this. This is not coming out of the athletic department. It's not coming from the schools. It is opportunities that could be cultivated by the university once you're there are boosters who contact, and this is the way it was really meant to be, happen, who contact athletic departments or universities and say, hey, I have an opportunity for one of your young people to endorse my product or endorse my business. And they would then let the uh, entity know who they're looking for, per se, and what the amount that they would be willing to pay. Now, these people at that point would be considered boosters, but that's now being over the table instead of under the table. And the other thing that happened under the table was those people gave athletes money. Schools didn't, a lot of schools didn't know. Some schools did. And the players didn't do any work for that person. They have to earn that money. Say a car dealership. 
and I'm going to throw a name out there just for namesake. I don't think they're involved in the NIL world, but say Walzer car um, dealer here in uh, Minnesota wanted um, a uh, softball player to um, endorse their one of their cars, say a RAV4 from Toyota, and they would then create the uh, opportunity, contact the university, do the paperwork, uh, find an athlete who they think they would fit, um, maybe have that young person come and do a commercial spot or show up on a certain day and sign autographs, uh, ha ask that young person to use their social media platform to also talk about Walzer, and then the athlete would get paid. Yes, there are taxes taken out of that, and um, that is another piece that we'll talk about here uh, shortly. But um, then the young person would be free to do whatever they wish with that money, be it that they help their families or whatever. Uh, also, they, they could uh, sell t-shirts with their name or their image on it, you know, to their uh, following and um, make money that way. Or they could start their own camp and teach young people the skills of their game, uh, teach young people how to uh, be a quarterback or how to be a receiver, how to... Uh, be a goalie in hockey, how to serve in volleyball. It, whatever sport they're in, they can now do that. They, could, um, they couldn't do that in the past, but oddly enough, a kid in the band could give private lessons to a youngster out there. Or a math and science whiz could tutor a high schooler or somebody for money, but when it came to college athletes, they were not allowed to use their skills to make to profit off of name, image, and likeness. Likeness now gives them the opportunity to do that, to make money off their skills. Things they cannot endorse: no drugs, no alcohol, or gambling. Obvious reasons, right? Um, you don't want, you know, somebody at that age endorsing drugs, even though drugs are becoming more and more uh, legal in the sense of marijuana and a few others. Uh, still, you don't want them in that business. Alcohol, based for the same reason. And uh, gambling is a total different animal and you've seen where there was a case here recently where the Alabama baseball coach was fired for giving insider information to a buddy of his who laid down a large bet on an Alabama LSU game so and the way the guy got busted was the casino he was at 
the technology they have inside those casinos could read his phone and tell the, um, the people in charge of the casino who he was contacting because also the bet he was laying down was triple the amount that they ever see for a college baseball game. You don't normally see high stake bets on college baseball games. So he kind of tipped his hand once and then twice in the same phone call, in the same bet. So uh, also right now there's investigations involving like the University of Iowa, Iowa State University, uh, and some other schools where athletes have been gambling. Uh, they know they're not they're not allowed to gamble. I think the only places they're allowed to gamble is they can go to a horse races and maybe go to casinos. But if they go to a casino, they cannot lay any bets on sports. They can play poker or they can uh, play roulette or something like that. So those are the things they cannot endorse. They also cannot use their school's logos or markings. And some would say colors, but that's kind of a, who, you know, who really owns colors. So you will see, I mentioned earlier, those T-shirts and whatnot that young people are making in their image to, um, to sell to, to whoever wants to buy them to be able to uh, then make money off their own image and likeness. But again, they can't, a kid at Florida State University can't have the Florida FSU logo or other markings like the uh, spear or whatever other markings that come with that, you know, uh, the, the chief's uh, face and whatnot on their uh, product. But they, they definitely could say uh, Jimmy Jones fullback at, um, you know, in college football and make it garnet and gold, which is Florida State's colors, even though I think they're supposed to get permission for that. Now, some schools will allow that, but you first got to ask for permission. Also, a way that uh, opportunities are collected is what is called a collective. And a collective is a clearinghouse where opportunities can go for athletes to uh, ha have opportunities to make NIL dollars. But also, it's a place where Boosters can give money into a pot, which could be used then for NIL dollars. Now, a lot of people were giving money thinking that, or had been told that their donation was tax deductible. And people were claiming it for the past two or three years as NIL has been rolling. Well... The uh, IRS recently has spoken up and said, uh, no, 
you will be taxed on that donation as the athlete will be taxed on it as income. Um, some people, some entities are still <laughs> trying to kind of fight it, but it's a lost cause on their behalf because when the IRS speaks, you pretty much have lost. And uh, that's, that's going to probably chase some people away from donating because they thought that, huh, I could take this $60,000 donated to that collective, the, you know, the Jimmy Jones collective at blah, blah, school or whatever, and then I can write it off. Well, the IRS, like I said, has spoken and said no. Understand the collective money collected in a collective is not controlled by the school. It is controlled by the collective. Now, can they be working hand in hand? Uh, yes, but the school cannot be the main arbiter of who gets those funds and where they go and whatnot. In most collectives, what has happened is the money's been collected. They figure out some charitable, and they've even tried to set up a charitable organization to, for the collective. Uh, and then, you know, then they make opportunities for athletes at their school to go and do charitable work. Be it that they go out and buy toys for uh, underprivileged youth, or they go and uh, to a uh, school and teach sports skills or go to a school and do reading or work with the underprivileged or or disabled that's what the uh that's what most collectors do now some collectives will just collect money and figure out opportunities later the other opportunities can happen is and i kind of spoke about it earlier is walzer and a lot of uh, universities will have a place on their official athletic website for a place like Walzer, per se, or Bradshaw and Bryant to go on, or Lynx Art, I'm sorry, <laughs> and go on and um, say and state looking for an athlete to do this for this amount of money. Through that website, a connection is made. The, the work is done, be it, like I said, a commercial spot, an appearance, or whatever it may be, or uh, social media posting, and then um, the athlete is paid through, the, through that opportunity. This does not mean that they get to endorse things during an official event, meaning that they can't step out in the middle of a basketball game and hold up a sign for walls or, or get out and wear, uh, put on a shirt that says links art then you know the school has a apparel deal shoe and apparel deal with nike and that they pop out with a pair of adidas shoes because adidas is going to give them money they are stuck to use a better term in those in instances to keep wearing the school's apparel that is given to them by and that that university is bound by their apparel contract. Here at the University of Minnesota, it just happened to be Nike, 
but the big players are Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. So that is something they they cannot do, is um, try to use official events such as games or other things that the university has deemed as an official event to then try to brand something else or brand themselves. It's time to talk about the positive and negatives. Well, you can pretty much guess the positives. And the positives are that they are putting money into the pockets of athletes. This is something that's long been fought over that athletes should be paid. Again, this is not paid for for play. This is uh, name, image, and likeness being paid for their name, image, and likeness outside of official team events. Now, some feel that this is a placeholder until the schools get their selves together for um, pay for play. But name, image, and likeness, like I said, puts money in the athlete's pockets, maybe helps the family with bills back home. Um, also, it could help families with travel, with getting to games to see their child play. Those are some of the positives in um, name, image, and likeness. Now, the list of negatives far outweigh the list, even though putting money in the young people's pockets is probably more, more of a positive than any of the listed negatives. Uh, the negatives, recruiting uh, in, in inducements. Again, recruiting was never, this was never meant to be a tool for recruiting. Plain and simple. Going back to the intent of the rule was to basically have young people come to your campus and find opportunities and be allowed to pay for them and, and continue to stay on your campus and not be um, in trouble with the NCAA. But some schools have chosen it's time you know, screw this. It is time for us to just blatantly just walk into somebody's house and make an offer because they know school X has made an offer and they know that school Y has made an offer. And now they're school Z and they're in with their offer. Never was this the intent of name, image, and likeness. Now you ask if that's the case, where the heck are the, the uh, guidelines and the cops or the NC2A? Well, when this all popped, the NC2A had just lost two <laughs> big law cases with Supreme Court in the United States of America. And the NC2A ran off with its tail behind its leg and is now hiding in the corner and really doesn't want to take on any more uh, legal hassles at this time, at least until they're getting, we're getting a new president in the NC2A. It may have just happened, 
or it's about to happen. And I think one of the first things he's going to change is the fact they're going to try to put teeth into that law and start coming after some of the big offenders uh, of this. Not to stop NIL, stop using it as a uh, recruiting inducement. Get recruiting back to where it was, where it was. Get your young people, get them to come to your university to play whatever sport and to go to school at your university and then get the NIL opportunity for them. Yes, as usual, we put the cart in front of the horse and now we're trying to get the horse back in front of the cart and we're having a heck of a time to do it. Uh, the, like I said, the NCAA will try to and is trying to get a hold of this, but the only way there really is is to put some teeth into it and then make it a law, get everybody under it. But the problem is right now they can't they don't have any federal help. They know that you have states out there which have different you know, Alabama's Law NIL is different from Georgia's, and Georgia's is different from Minnesota's, and Minnesota's is different from Michigan. And th these rules are being written by state officials who are trying to gain favor, favor through or for that universities or their their how many. Uh, lack of a better term, gaggle of universities in their state. And then they would um, craft a law that would benefit just their schools and, and give, try to give their schools an upper hand in recruiting. In the NC2A, and in some cases, they try to make it that they, the NC2A can't penalize their schools for doing that. Well... That's why the NC2A has gone to the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House and asked for help to craft a law because, as they can tell, they'll get no relief from the U.S. Supreme Court or the local states, so they're stuck there. Uh, they also may pass NC2A laws, that tougher laws, and then test them by going after the people who are uh, breaking the, the intent of the NIL rules and see if that puts a stop. As a lot of people call it the wild, wild west of college athletics these days, and that was part of a two-pronged part of what spent things uh, spiraling. The other one was the transfer portal. And... Um, they kind of work hand in hand, but they kind of don't and they kind of do. And I'll kind of point this out as we keep going on here. With the athlete getting money, the other ramification of this is, have you noticed how the media has always been anti-NCAA? Blow it up. Get rid of it. They're hurting the kids. This, that, and the other. Well, the media had its own and of course when you hear somebody saying that that means that some way somehow they think they're being harmed and they will 
don't want something standing in between them and their access to athletes or a story they want to do or an angle they want to do. And at the way things are now, they have to go through the communication department. And in most communications departments in, within athletic departments are writing the story, are setting the tone for how college athletics are seen in an in a area or state or town or city. And these media people don't like that because, again, they don't have the access. They're the ones, you know, they need something to write about. They don't have any, you know, they, they're, you know, their access is limited. So their storytelling is limited. They're, you know, they feel as though they're being restricted in their trade. And they think the only way to change this is to get all that minutia out of their way and give themselves clearer, faster access to the athletes. I don't know if you agree if they've been harmed or not, but that's so in their world, they've been fighting against the NC2A because they want them out of the way. Another thing they want to do that they won't do to a person who is an amateur or somebody who's not making money is they don't criticize them. Oh, that poor kid missed that free throw and I feel so bad for them. Or she missed her, timed her jump on her, on her tumble in gymnastics and landed wrong. Oh, that was so unfortunate. You start paying these kids and see what happens with the media. Oh, that bomb missed that free throw and cost us a win. Or that gymnast, you know, didn't land right and, and we didn't win the meet because of her. Or any of those things. Right now, they can only criticize when there's something negative. Somebody's been arrested or somebody's fighting or something like that. But you give you start paying athletes and you see where the how the media starts to turn on them starts to treat them what not and right now you you have certain in every area every college town you probably have one media insider that nobody knows about that's getting inside information He's buddied up to the athletic director or somebody on the administrative staff, and he's kind of outside of the athletic department's spin is getting little nuggets to put out there. And you see this with the whole back and forth. Is Colorado staying in the Pac-12? Is Colorado leaving the Pac-12? And you get these hard, a hardworking journalist who's got the full, uh, the full story and he starts to tell it. Well, the athletic department or the conference leaders will contact their, their person and their media person in that, that town that they're comfortable talking to off the record, wink, wink, and feed them information to tamper, tamper that 
uh, story down or say that it's incorrect. But media access plays a part in this NIL business also. Here's the thing, roster poaching. You ask, what the heck is roster poaching? Roster poaching is smaller schools have had trouble recently retaining their players. You know, the group of five schools or the one double A schools, they recruit somebody who's maybe fallen through the cracks or wasn't ranked high enough or their GPA wasn't high enough to get into one of the power five schools and they develop them and they get them to a point where they're all Americans or all conference or and players that people may want and your power five schools or your bigger G five schools or group of five schools will poach them off of other people's rosters. Now you say poach, how is that done? They go through back channels. Well, what would be the back channels? Contact that kid's high school coach. Find out is Jimmy happy at Watsamata U and would be happier playing for us. We can also give him more name, image, and likeness money here than he's getting at the other school. And we can give him more playing time and more TV exposure and more exposure to maybe being drafted this can be also be done by agents people can have agents now now their scope is only to supposedly to advise but they're getting way deeper than they are but the, and in this case they're being used to get to the young person let them know you got an opportunity and all of a sudden some kid that you wouldn't even think of has decided huh I'm going to enter the transfer portal just out of the blue. And everybody's like, well, where did that come from? That's because that kid has been told by somebody they trust that a different school is willing to, in this case of NIL, give you more money to come play for them. So the kid, like I said, enters the portal instantly releases them from the school that they're at. Um, they're entitled to the rest of that semester or quarter uh, aid and whatever else, but they're technically off the team, and they're, uh, they can still – technically they're still supposed to be allowed to use the tutoring, the strength and conditioning people and whatnot, but some places aren't – Following that, and we'll cut kids completely off at that point. So, I mean, they got their scholarship money and whatnot, but once they go, and any NIL deals that they have in that area, the school can't cut it off. But if I'm a local peanut butter jelly sandwich company and I had you endorsing it and now you're ready to leave, my area to go to Tuscaloosa to play for such and such, well, guess what? Our NIL deal has ended also because it doesn't benefit me to have you continue to take that to some place that would not directly benefit my business.
of roster poaching, you know, is just so out of control. It is so, I mean, you hear coaches who will say, it's out of control and we need to do something about it, but they know who's doing it and they won't turn in anybody or they won't make it public because at some point they either did it or they're going to do it themselves. So I don't know how you stop it unless you get NIL under control or the other way you stop it is pay for play with contracts and that that once the kid signs that contract, it is binding. They're there. And that would literally get us back to the old system of you can't transfer unless I allow you to. And this is a list of schools that I'm not going to allow you to go to. So, again, I always tell young athletes, be careful what you wish for because you might get the instant gratification. But there's always a sledgehammer wait behind that instant gratification that you didn't count on whacking you across the back of the head. Team issues is also another thing, that problem you can have with uh, name, image, and likeness. And you ask, team, or you state team issues. Yes. And you saw it this past year when uh, University uh, Miami, the U, had a pretty good run in its basketball program this past year. Uh, before that, they had a pretty good star basketball player. Well, they went after another person and, and offered, which, again, totally illegal, a different player who was already in the transfer portal. Because the other thing you have to check out with this transfer portal is once the season's over with, how many kids put their names in the transfer portal? But I digress. Um, a kid that's in the transfer portal, or they can do, you know, the backtrack thing and have somebody get the information to find a spot for them. And all of a sudden, that new kid is making more than the star player that was already there. And that, and when that happened at Miami, the kid spoke up. He was like, "Hey." I got you guys to the final eight, the elite eight. Now you're going to bring in this guy for more money? I want more money, or I'm going to go jump in the portal and go somewhere else myself. Or I don't know how they keep this quiet, but can you imagine being an offensive lineman that's got a quarterback that's supposedly making close to a million dollars in NIL money, and you're, you know, you play a position that, you know, you might get three grand if you're lucky, $500, you know, the what you're getting from EA Sports or whatever. and But you're supposed to be the one that's supposed to protect him, keep him clean, keep him safe. He's rolling around in cash. Haven't heard much about that, but you know there's got to be some of it out there. It's just human nature. Why am I busting my butt to protect pretty boy over here or pretty girl over here? And they're getting all the cash, and they're getting all the flash, and they're getting all the you-know-what. So 
also there is with the team issues could be you know just bringing in too many people at a certain position and now you got three quarter and this has happened at schools you got three quarterbacks and you know there was different NIL deals set up for each one of them and the coach might have seen seen it as oh this is great because now I have three top quarterbacks here and I have my pick of the litter. Well, you know what's going to happen eventually. You name one as a starter, two might stick, but three's going out the door. And at that, because it always, no matter how much you nil money they get, it always comes back, especially in college basketball and college football and maybe baseball. It always comes back to playing time, and exposure. Because it's like, how do I get seen by the pros if I'm not on the field? And and it's great that I'm making this amount of NIL money, but the life-changing money is at the next step. And I can't get to the next step if I got two quarterbacks blocking me on the way. That's also team team issues that that could come to play. So when I talked about uh, NIL being a placeholder, this is what I'm talking about. The placeholder in the sense of it will keep uh, athletes happy for now, but pay-for-play is going to happen, and that's why they're chasing these big media deals, trying to get their ducks in a row, trying to get all the money they can before they start paying athletes because and I know everybody thinks, wants to think this way, to pay their football players and pay their basketball players. But understand, Title IX is sitting out there, and you're going to have to pay your female athletes. You know, you're going to have uh, non-revenue sports, men's sports, who are going to say, hey, you know, what about us? And there are going to be schools who are going to be willing to pay them to come and be on the wrestling team, on the golf team, or whatever sport it may be. And so these colleges are trying to get their ducks in a row. And right now, they're even though as much as they hate NIL, they're using it as a placeholder until they can either get federal legislation to help them or to finally put in place pay for play. And as much as people uh, rag on Kevin Warren, the former uh, commissioner of the Big Ten, for some of the, uh, a lot of mistakes he made as, as commissioner of the Big Ten, one thing Kevin Warren never hid was the fact that he knew that pay-for-play was going to be part of these, eventually going to be part of these TV deals that they were going to have to cut in the athletes on these deals where schools make up from where, from anywhere from 30 to $70 million a year just for media alone. But here's the other, the last piece that people 
don't know about, didn't think about when it came to NIL. Boosters. And we kind of talked about, you know, the lack of control with boosters. I mean, in a way, you have control if they do it correctly and go through uh, the NIL collectives or if they create the opportunities and not uh, recruit the kid and then try <laughs> and then recruit, uh, uh, then not recruit, but recruit the kid and then make up the, uh, the NIL opportunities. Uh, this is where the, the fight between athletic departments and NIL comes in a sense of as a booster, you only got so many dollars to give. Now, if you're a super booster, you can say, I'm going to split this in half and give some to the athletic department for facilities and salaries and whatever. And the other half I'll give to the collective or create an um, opportunity for an athlete or a group of athletes to endorse my product. But in a lot of cases, it comes straight down to, do I give it to the athletic department or do I give it to NIL? And schools are walking a tight line, which is almost visible string on this one, in the sense of they always want the money to come to them, but they don't want to seem like jerks and come straight out and say that because then they'll be classified as anti-NIL and other schools will use that against them in recruitment. So NIL is a big deal. I think it's bigger than most people give credit to it, but I hope that I answered some questions, maybe gave you some thoughts about NIL. If you have any topics that you want me to cover, reach out to me. J-A-Y-B-E-E-780 at Comcast.net. If you know me personally, you can maybe text them to me or email them to me. Uh, we'll be back in a second to put a bow on this uh, program. But this has been NIL Quick Hits here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Our summers are so short in Minnesota, it can be easy to forget about important safety measures. And when extreme heat is involved, safety is even more critical. Here are a few things to remember to keep you and your loved ones, including your pets, safe and comfortable. One, remember to not leave your pets and kids in your vehicle. Two, always stay hydrated in hot weather. Three, avoid exercise during the hottest times of the day. Four, stay in air conditioning as much as possible. Five, when traveling, stay sky aware. Check the forecast and prepare for unsafe driving conditions, thunderstorms, and tornadoes. High temperatures kill hundreds of people every year, but most heat-related deaths and illnesses are preventable. If we all slow down, take some time, check on our loved ones, and enjoy the beautiful season. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant. Soundstripe. Thank you.
to put a bow on this show again thanks for listening i can't believe i babbled by myself for almost an hour or you can contact me again at j-a-y-b-e-e-7-8-0 and those are the digits 780 at comcast.com j-a-y-b-e-e-7-8-0 j-b like it is in the title of the show 780 at Comcast.com with your questions, your comments, your thoughts, suggestions. Take them all, read them all, and then I decide what to do and what uh, not to do. Remember, I always have final say over the show. With that, again, I want to thank Mike Bryant at Brashawn Bryant, personal injury lawyers here in Minnesota. Lynx Art, my uh, college buddy who's got a great business going, making jerseys for baseball, softball, for bowling, for pickleball, for all different types with his sublimation program. He also has embroidery. He can do embroidery hats and jackets for and shirts for you if you wish. And, that's, and also jbsglovepair.com, which is my deal, repairing sports, mainly gloves for baseball and softball, but I do Repair other sports equipment like bags, baseball pants, softball pants, a lot of other things that I can maybe repair for you. The links for all of those will be provided in this synopsis of this show. And with that, continue to listen. Pass me on to a friend. You can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and other outlets. Here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. And this, again, was Quick Hits. Here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. JB. Is my name and fing up motherfuckers is my game. Fight on. Negro, black, African American, black, black, black. Django. JB. Damn. Dolomite. Great card in heaven, you know. JB. Our great Negro sex machine.